Today's episode is a duo episode with the very sweet and lovely Danny from Cooking with Danny. You can find her over on Instagram. She has become a very good cooking buddy that I connect with on the grams as we do these days. She produces some amazing recipes, so many um, saved in her highlights. But today we are chatting all things slow cooker, slow cooker, multi-cooker, pressure cooker, oven cooking on slow, all that jam. We drop some really good gems. And just remember, if there's anything that you guys ever need help with and advice and you want to shop around, please feel free to reach out to us. I do want to give a friendly reminder, if you haven't done so already, to follow me on the grams at rosanos.casa. You can also join the free Facebook community group, The Woo in Food. Also, please subscribe to this podcast and give a rating if you feel inclined to. And that's about it. Buckle up. Enjoy the episode. What's up, hot messes? And how rude of me to interrupt my own show. But I had to because I can hear that busy brain of yours going chitter chatter. And I have something new that I've created for all you ladies that are really struggling with what, who, and how to shop on the grams. Yes, on social media. Do you ever overthink what to post or scavenge through your phone to find a pic to just randomly post? No idea when to do a live or what the fucking IGTV is. Your email list is dead and hasn't heard from you for like ever. Now, I get asked all the freaking time, Marilyn, how do you have so much time to pour into social media? And the short answer is I don't. And that is because I have a system, well, a strategy. Yep, you heard me. It's a strategy that I came up with for you because, guys, you know me and my organizational skills. All your posts for the month ahead can be planned and scheduled out to save your brain cells on the daily. Save your time not having to think, what the fuck do I post today? Building that community authentically while boosting that engagement. So yay to no more posting random tuna salad pics or once a blue moon when you sell bikes because, Susan, it's no wonder that no one gives a shit about your random salad pic. I have your back, people, and this strategy that you can buy actually freaking works. I've popped the link in the show notes for you, and wow, 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 I cannot wait for you to give it a go because it's basically giving you the key to organization and mapping out your social media posts in just a few hours of the month for the whole month ahead. You even get a step-by-step guide walking you through this whole journey and process and can be applied to any business, service, product, doesn't matter. So yes, all you ladies selling poop freshener, you can even use this. Okay, enough about my freaking amazing tutorial and strategy and my map, whatever. Back to the show we go. Hi, Danny. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. So we are both foodies. We are food buddies. And it's really funny because I've had a few Instagram cyber friends come on and I've never actually spoken to you guys before. Yeah, I know. (laughs) We like message all the time, but we don't actually, we don't even know each other. And when we say message, I know you now. I annoyingly voice message because I'm over typing and I feel old and get RSI and everyone's like, I can't hear your voice message now. I'll, yeah. re- I'll reply later but um yeah I, I just love, love um connecting with other people on the gram yeah. that I sense that yeah. are authentic 
and um, our kind of businesses sort of align in what we do and how we show up. And I just think sometimes bring the forces together. That's what I say. I mean, I don't have that perspective where it's like, oh, she's doing cooking. So she's my frenemy sort of thing. No, I'm like, come on board. What can we do? What can we do to like plenty of room for foodies in the world? (laughs) I know. So we both, you are Italian, aren't you? Background? Yes. I am. Yes. You can tell from my last name. It's very Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Are you, I'm going to ask this question. Are you Southern or Northern? (laughs) I'm Southern. I'm from Calabria. Do you get that a lot? Do you get that? Ah, oh. I do. But I feel like everyone I know is from there anyways. I think so too. I don't know many people that are from the North. I feel like there's a big Southern, yeah, definitely Southern community here. But um, my husband's yeah. from Puglia, so he's sort of like coastal, oh, mid, lucky whatever. Him. Yeah, I, I know. I was there last year. I know. How sad. Yeah. I'm going to have to postpone it. That's beautiful. Yeah. But, yeah, so I am not actually Italian. Everyone knows this. I'm like... <laughs> Not even, but my husband is, so I definitely cook Italian. But obviously, yeah. you know, South American and there's Middle Eastern in there. But I'm like all for it. I love it. So do you want to let everyone know, obviously, who you are or where you're at and yeah. what you do, Danny? Of course. So um, I run a Instagram called Cooking with Danny. Not really original, but I really struggled to come up with a name, um, which sort of was born out of developing recipes. And I liked like posting what I was cooking on my personal Instagram um, and then obviously when COVID came, everyone was staying home and cooking. So I thought, what, there's no better time than to launch it than now. I thought, sort of thought about doing it for the, a few years, but never really had the push to do it. Um, and then it just sort of snowballed from there. So um, obviously I really enjoy cooking. I love cooking um, for my friends, my family and that sort of stuff. Obviously, probably very similar to you. I love how food brings people together. So that's my favorite part. Um, and yeah, so I just share my own recipes, but also recipes that I've like, you know, found. I'm a cookbook fiend I literally have about 80 cookbooks um so any recipes that I find in there um and also draw inspiration from you know those sort of things as well and then share them on my Instagram story I love Um, that and then so people can like follow along um and yeah just sort of literally snowboard from there and I obviously it was sort of a just side hobby to begin with but yeah now I'm trying to sort of think about how I take it to the next level which is exciting yeah do you have plans for it and take it to the next level like where yeah, I do, sort of. <laughs> um, so I've started developing a website, so that's exciting. Um, so that'll launch soon. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a few things floating around in my head. It's just, but... you just got to kind of go with it, eh? When people are like, so what's your business plan? I'm like, yeah. yeah. You know, I think we have like goals and we know what we love. We know, and that's the thing. Like, it's so hard. I think some people set goals like a monetary goal, which obviously, you know, yeah. as a business, it, it definitely is important. But you of know, course, yeah. versus definitely helping others and serving them. Exactly, um, yeah. But it is a two-way kind of street, so it's sort of yeah. we help people and, yeah, it's just that reciprocity thing that's going on. But I thought today, today we will talk about slow cookers because I know that yeah. a lot of people out there, I get contact, like I get DMs all the time. Every time I post something that's got like my slow cooker going, I get a lot of people ask me, Marilyn, what's your fucking slow cooker? And I'm like, listen these bastards are not fucking making it anymore. <laughs> I feel that I love it so much. But um, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that because I know that you are fresh to the slow cooker world. Yes. I am a little bit well oiled, um, but you definitely yeah. a the OG in terms of cooking, you know, out of the oven. Yeah. And I think. Yes, yeah, so I love cooking the oven. I think so too. Perspective. You can. Okay. So this is the thing. First, I reckon we'll talk about like, 
a slow cooker, like what kind of brands? Yeah. I have a Morphe Richards, which I adore. It is a stainless steel one. They do not make it anymore. Yeah. And I love it because it's very long-term sustainable. It doesn't have a high or low setting, which a lot of slow cookers yeah. have at the moment. So high yeah. or low means basically obviously low you're cooking it on a very low simmering um heat for a longer period of time however if you want to make something that's needs for example six hours on low Mm -hmm. you could speed that process up by cooking it on high for like four i don't have experience with that but i have been told that it doesn't come out exactly the same so i tend to be like you know stick to the stick to the low but one thing that i will say is when you're shopping um get something that you can brown for sure. Get something that has a browning ability, whether it's in the appliance itself or you can take a compartment out out. on the stove um, to brown because people are like, I'll just get a cheapie, but it's like then you have to brown and seal shit in a pan and then you're washing up two things, which defeats a transfer. Yeah. What what brand? That's the reason why. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason why I went for the one I did. So I mean, the two, obviously, I would say the two key brands when I, I put a, a question to everyone to say, what should I get? Was obviously Sunbeam and Breville, and there's a bit of a price difference. Um, so I sort of, I ended up going with the Breville. It was a little bit more expensive, but I know that the quality is probably a little bit better. And obviously, a big thing for me was to be able to sear. So the one I ended up getting was the Breville Searing Slow Cooker. Um, and it's really good. You can do like a high sear, um, you can do a medium sear, you can do like a gentle sear. It's all different stuff. I've just been using the high sear. Um, and it just means that you can do everything in the one pot. You don't have to tra- cook, start cooking on the oven, transfer it in. You can, you know, cook your meat off, put the onions in, sear them, and then, you know, you can go from there. So I think that was really important. But another one that I saw that was really good is that there's a Breville one that you can actually take the pot out and put it on a stove, but yeah. only on gas stoves. So I would have 100% got, got that one, but oh, I have induction cooktop. I thought that's so. the one that you got. I don't know why. I no, I couldn't so get it because I, yeah. I have an induction cooktop. I don't have a gas cooktop. So I would have definitely got that one. That one was highly recommended. And then another one that was really recommended, which was, it was really, it was like a $500 pot, but it's the Breville one that does it all. It does the slow cooking, the pressure cooking, the multi um, rice cooking, all that sort of stuff. So that was also really popular, but I just ended up going for just a classic slow cooker. I think, yeah. And I, so a few of my girlfriends have the Sunbeam one as well, which is probably the Breville equivalent to the seal, sear and seal. Um, They love that too. That one I think can be taken out as well. Other machines as well, people are like raving on about is um, the multi, the multi cooks, which basically means that you can pressure cook and you can slow cook. Um, I think there's a Phillips brand, the multi-cook Phillips one. A couple of friends have that. They love, love, love it. They are of Asian Mm -hmm. background as well. So I think that it's really, really versatile for their style of cooking um, as well. They love it. I I just don't, hand on heart, don't have the space um, to have a hundred appliances. And I kind of was like, I've already got the slow, but then I'm like going to buy that purely for what? Like a pressure. I don't generally, I think when you're a little bit more of a, forward thinker that's the only thing with the slow cooker you gotta yeah. be a little bit more Planned. organized and yeah. yeah forward thinking a little bit and that's why I'm like I put recipes in my kuchina planner for you because essentially you've got the stuff ready to go for the week so if you yeah. are a little bit of a forward thinker um well you don't have to be but with a slow cooker it's very very important because you don't want to be out at Woolworths or Coles buying all mm. the stuff then coming home and having to you've, you've wasted a ch- good chunk of the morning yeah I you tend to, to get just, it on in the morning yeah. I agree or if you're busy as well just chop it the night before pop it in there and then we're yeah. in a bowl and then just 
pop, pop it in the machine in the and room. go. Yeah. 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 100%. No, I agree. Definitely. What else do you, did you find along your research with like slow versus multi? Like, did you get any other kind of feedback or what were you told? Like, oh, make sure it does this or make sure it has this or do this or get this. Yeah. I think num- one of the number one things was make sure it has the keep it warm function. So that way, if you, you know, because what I sort of, the reason why I got it is so I can, because I work full time, so I can chuck it on in the morning, um, you know, leave it on for six hours and then come home. Obviously within six hours, it's going to be around three o'clock. So then it, what it does, it switches to keep warm. So then that way it just keeps the food warm for four hours until dinner's ready. So I think that's really important um, because a lot of the time, like, you know, you can put it on for eight hours, but most recipes will recommend probably low for six to eight. So if you know you're not going to be home in time, it's perfect. It'll, you know that it'll switch to keep warm and you don't have to worry about it. Um, other than that, I think like the ability to just like a really easy screen to use, um, which the Breville is great for. You literally, there's like three buttons. You can change how long you want to do it for. Um, yeah, that's it. A lot of people did recommend the one that does pressure and slow, but to be honest, I just don't feel educated enough in the pressure cooker. It's a and whole different I don't, style I of cooking. Yeah. It's a and whole I haven't different. really had a need for it. So like, whereas I sort of felt like I love slow cooking the oven, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but also that requires you to be home for quite a few hours and like you said, to be organized. So the reason why I thought slow cooker is good, especially for winter is because I can do it, you know, whilst I'm at work and that sort of stuff. And while if I'm out on a Sunday, um, you know, you can chuck it on in the morning and then when you're home, it's ready. It's really helpful. So, yeah. That's it. I reckon. So when I made the switch to slow cooker, obviously I was similar to you. I had kind of nailed the oven but again when you're working you're busy you can't mm. just be I mean I, I've heard people some leave things in the oven while they're not home yeah and I, I'm just not you could but also I, not I sure. just don't have that much faith in you know yeah. affording another home exactly but, yeah. um, exactly um <laughs> just maybe yeah no but um yeah. so I definitely got the slow cooker because I just exactly the same thing however I was quick to realize that it is different it is a bit of a different way mm, of cooking definitely my definitely. mom who is a little bit of a traditional cook as well she had one she's like I hate this thing I yeah that's hate exactly it. like my mom she's that's like it doesn't come so out to same, get one right they were like this is rubbish yeah. this doesn't cook at the same but I'm like no 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 it does there just needs to be a little bit of changes in the way that you cook yeah. so exactly I, yeah I think yes it does come out bland So it depletes the salt. So I don't even half the time season initially because it depletes it. You can't even taste it. So I add it towards the end and it definitely, definitely makes things a lot more watery. So if I'm doing a whole chook sort of in there, I don't even add liquid half the time because after a couple of hours, you just see it's like a, it's like a soup basically. So there is ways around it, but maybe if you want to kind of delve into one of your favorite oven cooked meals and then yeah, I'll tell sure. you maybe how I sort of would do it in the slow cooker I don't know let's maybe do yeah that. that's a good idea yeah um so I mean as I mentioned before I love slow cooking and a few things obviously you need is obviously a good pot um so I did splurge when mm-hmm. a year ago and bought the La Crusette pot when it was on special and I had a hundred dollars I would not pay <laughs> it no, is it's the best I, I really French love ovens. it everyone needs yeah. a French oven that's the other thing like yeah get a French oven the it's enamel cast iron whatever like it is yeah. fantastic it distributes the and heat evenly ever. it yeah it's a whole different people that I've like recommended it to they've come back to me and be like oh my god the food comes out different it does and yeah. I noticed yeah. it straight away with like a risotto yeah 100 percent. it's you can amazing. tell it's all different 
And then also a few, obviously, because it is very expensive, Le Creuset one. There is other options. I think there's Chasseur. Um, Chasseur. And mm. then also Aldi. The Aldi ones are so good. I they bought are. the the more of the paler style Audi one and I use it all the time and to be honest I don't see much difference between that exactly. and the cruiset. It's a good so starting I would point. highly recommend the Audi ones as well. Um so yeah obviously I do all my slow cooking in that pot. So I think I would probably say one of my favorite recipes and it would be good to hear how you do it in the um slow cooker would probably be a like a ragu, a beef ragu, which I use the beef ribs for. Um, and then obviously you know the way that I would do it is I'd slow, slowly cook the like onion, celery, carrot, like 15, 20 minutes um, and let that like sort of simmer away. And then obviously add in, fry the ribs separately. So brown them, add them in, um, add in all the liquid, the passata, et cetera. Um, and then I would then pop it into the oven for like as long as I can really. If I'm, if I'm in a rush, like I'd do three hours at 180, but if not, I'd probably do it to four to five hours on 150. And then, yeah, so then obviously you get, once you sort of get it out, you've got a really thick kind of sauce. Whereas the thing I'm worried about, and I haven't done it yet in the slow cooker, is, you know, obviously it'll become more liquidy rather than thick because the liquid doesn't reduce in the slow cooker, especially when you cook on low. So, yeah, I'm happy. I need, I, how do I do it help. in the slow cooker? Um, yeah. So one thing that I did recently, because that would piss me off too in the, in the past where I was like, oh, my God, I just don't want it. I don't want to keep just adding. You can look, okay. You can add more tomato paste at the end or lessen the amount of liquid you add initially. However, I recently did um, a pulled chicken recipe. I Mm -hmm. popped the lid up a little bit open the last hour of cooking. The last hour, hour and a half of cooking, I just, I opened the lid because it just evaporated the excess liquid. So it was still simmering away, but it just got rid of that extra like mm. liquid so that is my tip if you're not yeah. home it might make it a little bit harder but to be honest that was my kind of go-to like yeah. quick fix otherwise yeah or maybe just does your machine have like a delay setting where you could um start it at a later or you just have to start it when you hit start no I don't think so I think you have to start it when you hit start yeah but so I think one thing yeah one thing that I found good that I haven't, I've used it when I made a curry the other night. It has this, obviously it has the sear settings. So then after it's done the slow cooking, I then put it, popped it on sear for 20 minutes and then it just sort of bubbled away with the lid off and reduced. Exactly. That's really helpful as well. So you can do that. Yeah. Otherwise just last hour of cooking, pop the lid up a bit and that's it. Yeah. It does the job. Yeah, exactly. I and I think with the ragu, it's something that is needs, I can't stress enough the difference in flavor and taste with it being cooked over a longer period of time opposing to just a quick yeah you know quick one hour cook it just it's just not the same so that's a really (laughs) even that that, I cook it for like ages and you know for those people that are thinking like oh my gosh okay like oh that's a lot of effort for one dish guys triple it triple the batch double it you know um obviously if you guys are just you know just you and your partner that's that's fine but even so just double the batch triple it and then portion it out into containers into the freezer so that you have that ragu that you can repurpose into a gazillion other dishes i mean i make it i'm sure you do too make one and you can do pies pasta lasagna loves pies yep whenever there's leftover sauce he's like next night pies (laughs) so we chuck them in the pie maker and then it's like literally a 15 minute dinner I reckon that's so our sort next of say, podcast. It's going to be about pies. Yeah, pies. I feel I feel like we're already on to another. I'm not even joking. Like, should we just like record it again? <laughs> so true. So do know, you have another dish? Let's let's brainstorm some more dishes to give people yeah, some ideas. So my other one that I love to do in the um, 
the cruise scent, but I would have no idea where to start to do it in this local cruise, this local clam shoulder. So um, yeah, the way I do that obviously is put it into the pot um, with, I put potatoes on the bottom, lots of lemon juice, lots of garlic, lots of herbs, fresh herbs, um, and then chicken stock. So, and you know, sort of, I leave it in there. If I haven't got time, like I said, I do it for three hours on 180, but normally I'd like to do it on four to five hours, um, take the lid off for the last half an hour and it sort of gets darker color. And then obviously just literally it falls off. You can't even get it out of the pot without, you know, falling apart. So yeah, one thing is how do we do that in this slow cooker? Um, yeah. So I have many, many fuck ups with that. And essentially it was like lamb stew. Um, I was <laughs> like, this feels like hospital food. What is this shit? <laughs> um and I was like I, I'm determined I'm determined um so what I would do is exactly the same thing um put less liquid cook yep. it but what I True, would do yeah. then is then I would transfer it out onto a on mm. a tray and then I would right. put, yep. pop it into the oven for about 10-15 minutes yeah yep. that's yeah, the no. only way that unfortunately you can kind of get around getting that really um tender mm fall apart lamb but not tasting like a soup it is and yeah, yeah definitely eight hours um and yeah. can we just talk about also to see or not to sear or seal because some people are just like well you have to seal the meat and yeah like it does it, do, it makes a difference you can however I have been guilty of just dumping and going because if I've made a curry yeah no I can easily just yeah. dump and go if I've marinated the night before there is enough flavor in there to be okay and yeah. good quality meat get good quality meat go to a butcher yeah. and get I mean I use um gravy um beef a lot yeah. which is essentially yeah. osobuco without the marrow um yeah. but hello if you guys are doing like soup or um even a ragu just using beef get the marrow poke it out there is so much health benefits in that um, yeah. I can't even and stress flavor. enough exactly some people use chunk good flavor Totally, Chuck. Do you use Chuck a lot, Chuck beef? I Well, uh, sometimes I will if I can't get gravy, but my mum is like gravy all the way. She's like, no, Chuck, just get, go for the gravy. If I can't get it at my butcher, then I'll do, go with Chuck. But it's definitely nice when you do gravy. Totally. Yeah. It's like more grainy nicer, or something, yeah. Chuck. I don't know. Yeah. Or you yeah, could get Blade. Um, is it Blade? Yeah, Blade's yeah. really good too. That's my kind of, oh, yeah, alternative as well. But, but gravy is definitely worth it. The and try one, not to yeah. get... Um, you'll know if it's a good quality or not because even if you've cooked it for like 100 hours, it kind of still has a rubbery effect if it's not a mm. good quality meat, um, which yeah. you'll probably find that you get from a supermarket. So yeah, of course. That was on a bit of a tangent, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. I don't even remember where we started from. Lamb? <laughs> oh, no, we're going All the way back at lamb. <laughs> yeah. Do you have another yeah. one? Hit me. Hit me. <laughs> um, yeah, I made a curry, Massaman curry. That's one of my favourites, one of my all-time favorite recipes that I've put on my Instagram um, and also one of the reasons why I bought a slow cooker just so I can have it on weeknights and not have to do it on the weekends because I'm in the office full time so um yeah obviously when you do it in the so I so I'm not the curry that I made on when I first bought my slow cooker I was really excited um isn't a maximum but it's obviously they're very they're all similar so the one thing I didn't like that it, yeah like you said it comes out very watery not watery, but just not as thick as when you, you know, when you do it in the oven, it just comes out really thick. Sometimes the liquid reduces so much that, you know, it doesn't, it almost burns. So um, very different between the two. So where, what would you do in, the, in regards to a curry? 
same thing same sort of thing pop it half an hour um like half an hour an hour at their finish i can't even talk yeah towards the end of the cooking and also to thicken it up corn flour I just dissolve corn flour yeah, and that's that was probably what I was just about to say. What yeah. are your thoughts on corn flour? And I know that people, um, I, I have read a lot about this and authentic Indian cooking doesn't. Um, they're like, no, it yep. shouldn't be that way. But at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, that's the only, that, that's easy. And it's, it, if it's done right and not too much, of course, you can't even yep. taste it. And it just adds yeah, yeah. an element As long of as it. you do it sparingly, you know, mix it with water first. And cold sure water. Pot cold sim- water. Yeah, cold water. <laughs> make sure the pot is simmering before you add it in so it sort of like evenly distributes and it doesn't all end up clumpy. Um, it's just easy and it gives it that nice, I don't know, it gives it that nice texture. Like the thick where it sort of coats the meat rather than just runs off it. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I did that with my curry and it worked out really well. It just so, takes a little bit of trial and error. Fixes. It just takes yeah. trial and error, just a little bit less Definitely. liquid, pop the lid up a little bit, adding a bit of a thickener. Um, and people are probably like, oh, well, what's the point? But it's still, it's it saves you so, so much time. Like it just, yeah. it does it for you. It actually, um, I think there's like a really good nutrition value in it because it keeps the nutrition value of the vegetable as well, opposing to, I don't know, a, a, I, don't know I think it was like stove cooking as well. I, I have to look back yeah. at that. But there is a definite, you know, nutrition value there. Um, what was the other thing I was going to kind of touch base on? Oh, here we go, Marilyn. I thought of I thought of something actually whilst you were saying that. Yeah. Um, I think coating the meat in flour, totally. like tossing it in a bit of flour and then putting it straight into sauce, that helps as well. And it helps with the flour thicken the, thicken the sauce over time, yeah. 100 that helps I didn't do that because I I thought I don't have time I'm just gonna quickly chuck it in um but I think probably next time I would make the time make sure that I do that to see what the difference is and I think it'd help it just takes a bit of yeah like I said trial and error and also with the vegetables so if you are using you know root vegetables um uh, yeah definitely put it in from the beginning however I tend to put the more softer vegetables towards the end of my cooking mm. process similar yeah, time to when you would pop the lid open so things like broccoli um mm. you know eggplant beans. Um, beans um you know if you want to add when you're making a curry you want to add in some extra fresh coriander or like herbs or you want to add in some shallots I add them all sorted towards the end a they keep yeah. their you know texture mm. their flavor Shape. um yeah because there's nothing I mean it just it would just literally be like soup you will not even see yeah. it in there the yeah. other thing that yeah, I no. adore and I think that everyone who <laughs> gets one initially make a broth that is a yeah I should do that once so in winter what I do is I do obviously my own broth um I get a whole chook um, vegetables yeah. I mean I add pancetta into it whatever so if you are cooking throughout the week and you are like say chopping onions and and carrot peels and there's off-cut celery keep them all in a container an airtight container yeah, in your fridge good. just pop them in there and then come like maybe every two weeks or so when you want to do a broth you can just literally use those Got stuff ready yeah. exactly it's clean it's just That's you know it's just tip. Exactly. Just do that with a fresh chicken. You could use bones. I kind of do the whole chook because I like to then use that meat, um, you know, and repurpose it into like, say, another dish, whether yeah. it's a pie dish, whether it's my spiced chicken rice. Soup. Soup, yeah. exactly. So then you strain it and you kind of freeze portions like one and a half litres or one litre, you know, and that that's your own stock. Nothing better. In winter, once a week, you do a soup. 
and that becomes like your lunch or whatever. And you can also freeze that off for later dates. Or if you want to give it to a friend who's like had a baby or someone's going through a tough time, you have things ready to go in the freezer. So the traditional chicken um, veg Italian soup is like a crowd pleaser. You could do, you know, Asian inspired soup, anything. It does like you just dump and go and it's ready. Like it's easy. And it's easy. Yeah. You need easy in your life. Exactly. It shouldn't be hard. Exactly. Um, so for all people that are listening, let's just do a little roundup and recap. So I think when you're looking for a slow cooker, some important points were to have a sear and seal setting just to avoid having yeah. to use an extra pan. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. It really doesn't like make a huge difference, but to have it is better, yeah. especially that initial mm. little outlay, extra bit of money. It just it just goes yeah. a long way. Makes you, your life so much easier. You can get a cheaper one if you just want to try it out, but I do find that people, they don't cook as great. They don't cook as great. So then mm. people are sort of, and you've got to get used to your machine. You have to get used to it. So yeah. if you're um, tweaking um, recipes because I know that in mine for example when I'm cooking a curry four hours is plenty I don't yeah. I don't have a low and high so four hours is plenty but other people that have done my recipe they're like I needed to make it for six hours it it's so you will mm. know what cuts and what dishes. you've got to get used to it yeah 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 what else did yeah. we say we said um pop the lid up <laughs> when yep. cooking. um utilizing flour and corn flour to thicken up your sauce if it is too liquidy um having to keep warm functions really important because if you're not at home you know you come home and your dinner's on the table like it's ready and it's warm for you it hasn't been sitting there you know obviously and then if it does if it isn't kept warm then there can be issues with anyways all that sort of stuff um forward thinking forward thinking so when you are going to the effort of making like a ragu or a soup or whatever just double or triple batch it it's always better to just make extra freeze it off and think of meals and dishes that you can repurpose so like we said with the sauce you could then repurpose into pies into a lasagna into a pasta it's very versatile so think forward think yes you've got to be a little bit organized but I reckon I reckon everyone's getting like really into meal planning and I've noticed that even in my kitchen planner because I think people have noticed the importance of I think if COVID taught anyone the importance of home-cooked meals and I know we live in such a fast-paced life but just a little bit of forward thinking makes you know it it goes above and beyond like so much better so much even on like Sunday I knew I knew that I'd be out all day for Mother's Day at lunch whatever I'd not the last thing I would want to do is come home and cook so I just popped on a chicken soup let it cook all day came home and it was ready and then you know obviously wasn't that hungry in the end anyways but at least that way then you know I froze a portion of it um I bought it to work the next day now still I've still got lots of it left over but at least that way I'm organized and now I've got meals for the week because you know what I mean I dedicated half an hour of my time on Sunday morning to make sure that it's ready so I think it is really important and you feel so much better for it after 100% anything from home is better than out I say so I ask all my guests could you please give the listeners a CBF go-to meal and recipe I will definitely share it on my page but if anyone's listening to this and they're like I don't know what to fucking cook after they've told me to be organized what is a recipe that they can cook up quickly yes my favorite one um which is a bit strange because I'm I was normally really against packets ravioli but the rana have you tried the rana brand ravioli the four cheese one oh my god is that the one from Costco in the yellow pack no it's I don't know if they have it at Costco but Woolies and Coles like everywhere has it 
it is the best and closest to like fresh pasta. Like it actually tastes, it's not, you know, that gross, yeah, rubber. like ravioli. It, it's really nice. Like I would say close to fresh pasta um, for cheese ravioli. So it's just in the ravioli section um, and they often go on like half price. So every time they're on half price, they stock up because it's just good to have in your fridge because you know that it's there. it literally cooks in four minutes. Um, and then I normally just do it with it because obviously it's four cheese. It's pretty strong. Um, I normally just do it with um, cooking off some lots of garlic, not some, lots um, in olive oil, adding cherry tomatoes, just let that cook for 15 minutes until they start to burst, add a bit of butter um, and parmesan cheese and pasta water to thicken it up. And then they just go straight in within four minutes, literally 15 minutes. Um, so good. And you have to try the ravioli. It's I'm going to get it. The best. I'm going to get it. You I have to do I, ravioli like with a pesto. That's my kind of like, yeah. kids yeah. love it. This would be so way. nice with pesto as well. I'm going to do your one though. Like, I think it's just easy so nice. as well. And just so quick. Yeah. And you know what? I think I'm pretty sure people in the slow cooker as well do the sauce, any sauce, and then put in the ravioli in it. I haven't tried it myself. Yeah. But that's one nice. that we could probably try as well. But yeah. Yeah. Two more adventures. yeah, that's my favorite. Like I said, I'm normally against packet ravioli. This one changed my life. I always have to have a pack in the fridge. It's so I, good. I know. And you can really freeze it too. You can. So yeah. thank you so much. Do you want to let people thank you for know having me. where we can find you on the grams? Yes, sure. So it's cooking with Danny. So D-A-N-I-E. Beautiful. And, and you'll find me there. So and all the recipes that we sort of had a chat about. In your highlights, I know that your highlights are jam yeah. You give so much value. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. No, thank, thank you for you. all your input. And yeah, no worries. Enjoy your day. All Lovely right, we're chatting with you. <laughs> you too. Ciao, ciao. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for another episode. I hope you loved it, and if you did please subscribe. You can also join the free Facebook community group, The Woo in Food, and find me over on Instagram at rosanos.casa. But until next episode, ciao, thank you, and take care. This week's podcast episode is a duo episode with my good foodie friend, Danny from Cooking with Danny. And do you know what we chat about? We chat all things pies. We dropped so many suggestions that we made ourselves hungry by the end of the episode. Um, we hope that this episode inspires you to dust off that pie maker that may be stashed at the back of the cupboard and get your pie on. There are some great tips and tricks in this episode. So grab a cuppa, headphones, because you know me, and let's get stuck into it right now. Today's episode is a duo episode and it's with the lovely Kali from Cooking with Cocktail Rings all the way over in New York City. I'm so jealous. Kali is a food blogger and shares restaurant quality dishes people can make at home and that's why I love her page and her blog so much. So her blog is amazing and so are her recipes. We chat all things from when was the moment she knew she had a little something something special with cooking to talking all things tacos because that's just how we go with my podcast. You guys know by now. It was an amazing episode so buckle up and listen. Oh and don't forget to leave a rating so more foodies can join us in to listen. Anyway, over and out to the episode. Today's episode for the first time on the Woo in Food podcast is a trio episode. How good is that? I'm so excited. I have both Rosh and Saray from Eating Up With Her Nashians on the show talking all things from food to eating out and their favorite spots in Sydney. What and who they love and the ones not so much. Um, I also discovered that Rosh is an amazing cook 
and she kind of well I don't know if I volunteered but we you know the challenge is set for me to cook up one of her recipes so keep your eyes peeled for that on Instagram anyway not gonna you know keep you on here for much longer into the intro and straight into the episode um I will catch you later on today's episode, I have the very lovely Meryl from Pasta Social Club joining me, and I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this episode. We chatted all things pasta, of course, social media, what her brand is all about, and where a lot of her inspiration comes from to help create these amazing recipes and dishes that she shares with all of us. So buckle up, grab a cuppa and headphones, and enjoy the show. This week's episode is a duo episode with the amazing Jeremy Jacobowitz, who is known on socials for eating and reviewing amazing food spots over in the States. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on the show, talking all things from how this gig started out for him, how he does what he does as a one-man band, the struggles and some words of encouragement. Hope you love this episode as much as I love chatting with Jeremy. This week's episode is a dual episode and I have the amazing Jeremy Jacobowitz who is known on social media for eating and reviewing amazing food spots over in the States. It was an absolute pleasure to have him on the show talking all things from how this gig started out for him, how he does what he does as a one-man band, the struggles and some words of wisdom. Hope you love this episode as much as I love chatting with Jeremy. So buckle up and enjoy the show. Today's podcast episode is a duo episode and I have the amazing food photographer and stylist Naomi Sherman on the show. I do want to warn you there is a little bit of colourful language here and there so if the kitties are around maybe pop your headphones on but it is such a great and hilarious and down-to-earth and relatable podcast episode for both foodies and people that are in the business. It's one that's going to really serve you both. We talk all things cookbooks. We talk about a membership. We talk about nostalgia, flavor combinations. We just had a really, really good down-to-earth chat. I can't wait for you guys to listen. All the links are in the show notes, especially to her recipe and her cookbooks. So you can definitely scroll them later. Anyway, into the episode we go. Hey, 